Hello and welcome into the SOAR Data Strategy Show. I am Andrew Laird. You can find me on SOAR as Lairdino. Joined as always by PSU fans too, Sean Newsham. This week to talk about how we have no more money. No, just kidding. But the ETH crash has um, been a hot topic this week, Sean. Andy and I touched about it, touched on it, excuse me, a little bit on Tuesday during the SOAR Andrew show. The whole conversation seems to be revolving around ETH versus fiat and how you look at cards. Everyone, like every topic, thinks that whatever they think is correct and that nobody else can think another way. Uh, you and I tend to think the same way, so we're not here to argue about it. In fact, we have a, a perfect situation here where we can say our opinion and nobody is going to interrupt what we say. But due to the, or there are a few things I wanted to touch on first, but the first thing is that I wanted to bring up with you was, has anything like really changed now that ETH is like, I don't even, I didn't even look at what it was today. It's bordering around a thousand dollars per one ETH. It was like 3000 at one point. Um, so is anything like, does your strategy change at all based on the fact that theoretically our cards are both worthless and worth a lot now? I, I so before we get started with this, I just sent you a picture in, in Discord. We should have used that as the thumbnail for whenever we talk about fiat. Like we should have just used a, an actual picture of of a fiat because we oh. talk about fiat versus ETH a lot. We should have like just used like a picture of a fiat as like a thumbnail. That that's that's what I sent Laird. Okay. Like we should, should we should just really use a picture of a fiat whenever we want we want to talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, that's what our galleries are worth now. Yeah, that's yeah. I went from like a Porsche to like a fiat, but mm -hmm. an ETH value went up. Um, yeah, so it's really depends how you go about the game, which I think, so my issue is, is people were talking about the, the, in general, crypto dying this week and, and stuff like that, and which is true. Like, obviously crypto has gone down a lot this week since I, I think it started like last Friday when we had the show, like, I think it died like right after that. Maybe we I killed it. Yeah. Apparently we killed it. Maybe it was before. I don't know. But the thing is, is that. Sower is different than other things out there. It's different than board apes. It's different than stuff like that. What we've seen, and I, I saw a tweet, you tweeted it, I forget who was by, but someone basically said that they're like, this is the first time I've deposited into so rare in like six months because ETH is down and I can buy four ETH for $5,000 instead of for $20,000. So yep. like people, I saw quite a few tweets and inferences from people that like, Hey, we're like, I'm actually investing in the platform. Like we saw, I saw like a graph and like a chart that showed every other platform was just down substantially, not even just in fiat, but also in ETH. Whereas so rare from an ETH perspective has been really, really strong lately. Um, yeah, obviously things have gone down in fiat value. Like things are definitely down in fiat value, but things are up in, in ETH value and in the long scheme, if you think ETH is going to get to, let's say, 5,000 a coin, like let's say eventually you think in two to three years that's going to happen. Then the fact that there's a lot of money going into the platform, like there's an actual like a lot of USD currency or euros going into the platform of people buying cards, which is great. So like to me, it's a great indication that people are still interested in the platform and actually like the platform. So they are actually investing in it because they want to play the game. Um, so I think that's what, like I've talked about it before. I think we talked about it, but it's probably been a long time. The way that you need to view so rare is it is a USD investment and an ETH investment. It's not going to be totally linear. Like 
you just have to view it as like, I want to either make a lot of ETH or a lot of money. And you have to be okay with either outcome. And then based on where the market is at that time, that's what you end up getting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to respond to that in a second, but thank you to everybody who has joined us live. Looks like uh, Surface Terror Missile got in here first. Um, we've got Jared Jackson, Shakaboom, Hatanas, Mike Bastin, Bob Flynn, Levi, Zarky's here. Little Lettuce 21 is a fantastic name. What's up? Zarky, Hopefully. by the way, Zarky has a mission that he told me he was going to go on for me, but he's failing at it miserably right now. So uh -oh. hopefully right. he comes through and actually succeeds with his mission. Wow. Wow. Throwing, throwing him right under the bus to start the show. It's nice. He told me he was going to get the job done, but he has not gotten the job done yet. Um, Federico. Oh my gosh. Jimmer's here because he took so much punishment last week. I don't, what did we say about Jimmer last week? L last week oh, was my Hobbard show. Yeah, you were less than uh... see but the thing is is like so here's the thing right kai sucks we know he sucks <laughs> but jimmer and black they hold him as a meme like he's literally a meme so for them he's worth an amount because mm -hmm. of the meme that's presented like yes that, that they're getting their value out of memeing him yeah um so javier and glenn here and then all right now that we have established that thank you guys if you guys wouldn't mind hitting the like button if for some reason you're watching you haven't subscribed to the channel um please do so. Swiss Mafia coming in as well. So the ETH decline, I feel like everyone is trying to say one thing and there's like, no matter what side you're on, there's always like a point of um, evidence that shows something else. So everyone was like, the market is totally based on fiat. Everyone thinks in fiat now. And I'm like, well, like you and I think in ETH. So like now the everyone thinks in fiat is not right. I think it's absolutely true that more people who play in limiteds think in fiat. And I think the higher you go in terms of, or the, I don't know, is it a lower scarcity, higher scarcity, whatever it is, more expensive cards you get, people tend to think in ETH. And so I don't think one way is right or wrong. Um, I tweeted something earlier this week that if you, if you only think in fiat, but you hold an ETH balance, then you already need to start thinking about ETH because as soon as you have ETH, theoretically you're exposed to the market movements that happen with ETH and not just fiat. So, and I had all these people write, they like comment back to me. They're like, well, I just, I withdraw my uh, ETH right away and I convert it into fiat. And I was like, all right, that's fine. But like, I don't think most people are doing that. And so they're just kind of like holding ETH but using this like self spreadsheet tracking fiat, even though like theoretically their fiat is not worth as much as it was when they sold the car. But regardless of that, um, we're seeing ETH prices rise because fiat is going down, but, or the, excuse me, the value of fiat is going down. Prices in fiat are going down a little bit. And, but the, it seems like for the premium cards, the ETH prices are rising perfectly fine. And if you're somebody who thinks in ETH, like this is fine. So like I told you, like I, I've sold like a ton of cards this week. And the way that we, like we always talk about how we're focused on SO5. But this week we were both like, maybe we should trade more. Cause like the prices that things were selling for looked absurd to us. Cause we were, we, we think in ETH and at some point earlier on, you were like, if ETH gets to a certain point, I'm selling my gallery. And we, we are not there yet, 
but you you had to have been thinking about it recently, no? I mean, it's it's a thing for. So I just looked at the graph while you were doing that. So in in USD value, my gallery went from like seven hundred thousand dollars to five hundred thousand dollars in the last week. So that's what a uh, I don't know four now not even it's like what a thirty percent drop give or take. Yeah, sure. So, but my ETH value has probably gone from. It was like 375 it went to 425 so like saw like let's say a 10 to 15 percent eth raise but a 30 percent usd drop but like in reality like it doesn't matter to me i guess in the long term like i i still think my goal is to like generate as much eth as possible if i can Mm-hmm. Yeah, you see, like, obviously, the one month average salary from USD perspective has gone way down. But like, from an ETH perspective, I've gone way up and I haven't really done anything. Right. Um, so it's, it's one of those things, like, I don't know, it all it all just like funnels out over the long run. Like, if ETH goes back to 2500 a coin, my USD value is going to go way up and my ETH uh, value is going to drop. So it's like one of those things that like, you just have to be okay with either. So like, in the long run, like, I'm just okay with either, I guess. And like, if the platform successful, um, then I think it's going to be a realistically good opportunity to do one of the two of them. What's one of the two I can't control. So I'm just okay with it. Um, so Josh makes a good point. I, I was going to bring this up. Yeah. Chat. Yeah. So like <clears throat> other projects are blockchain products. Sower is a soccer product that is built on the blockchain. There's a difference. Like that's what the difference is between it. Um, because like people that are here, like I, I, the biggest issue for me in terms of like selling the gallery or anything, I really like the platform. I really enjoy SO5. I really yeah. enjoy playing on the platform. So like for me, like selling my gallery would be like, oh, I'm really missing out on being able to play on, on the platform. So like that for me is a big issue. And then Federico was talking about Kai. Uh, Kai is a striker, will still be terrible. Like he's just a bad player on the platform with Chelsea uh, and most likely anyone other than like Bayern. Um, and we went over that last week, so I won't hash it again. But like, if you think Kai can be a good player as a striker, I got some shit in my gallery to sell you for one ETH that can't be any worse than what he is. <laughs> um, to get back to the, the, this point from Josh. So it works kind of both ways that everybody, like NFTs are down now, kind of all over. And I think that um, that tweet that somebody shared recently, I think it was Max, uh, about how so rare volume was up versus other NFT projects kind of goes in the point of like why the biggest complaint that we heard, I guess it was a year ago or was it six months ago? It's everything is a blur, but basically like when apes were selling for like 500 ETH and crypto punks were going for millions of dollars and like so rare didn't see this like gigantic push up. And everyone was like, these are NFTs too. Like, why why aren't these growing as fast? I think that was one of the complaints. I'm trying to, was it Zora who said it? Like, people who were involved in SoRare and other NFT projects, when the other NFT projects take off, they're kind of like, why is SoRare not taking off? Correct. And now when all the other NFT projects kind of are declining much faster, and SoRare kind of seems to be staying stable in terms of, cryptocurrencies and NFTs. Like that's the reason it's, it's a different product. And, uh, I was talking to pap 
uh, earlier this week about th that tweet. And the problem is, is that like SoRare itself is just a very different game. Like all of those NFT projects have like a specific limited scarcity. And while we have a presumed limited scarcity, the number of players is so high that just like the volume of actual NFTs you can buy is so big. And so like, that's why volume is high because there are just so many more of them. Here's the thing, right? Like people are just trying to get rich quick. That's what people are trying to do. So like when people are out there buying a freaking rock, they're trying to get rich. Like they're, when they're paying 1.5 million, 500 ETH for a rock, they're just trying to get rich. The, the thing that makes me feel good about so rare. And again, like, like, like has been mentioned, like not saying so rare hasn't gone down also because of, um, the markets and everything. Like I totally understand that it's gone down too, but the, the thing that makes me feel good about so rare is when it got, went down and like sort of crashed off and like the whole cryptocurrency died over the last week, people have wanted to put money on the platform because of that so that they can buy cards to play the game. People aren't sitting there lining up to buy a crypto punk because they could get it at a hundred ETH for 1.1 per ETH compared to 100 ETH at 2,000 ETH yeah. per ETH. They're just not doing that. Whereas like Sower, like the price went down and people were actively putting money on the platform that wasn't on the platform. So like to me, that's what makes me feel good about Sower. Like we had the highest ETH volume day in the history of the platform this week. Uh, granted, a lot of it was spurred by Zura selling off the remaining portion of his gallery. Like, that was only a chunk. Yeah, uh, that wasn't it was like 200. Like I thought it was around 200 was him. Yeah, so like that's not, I don't know why that's not updated. Oh, that, you were at an auction. Yeah, so yeah. like. Like, like this was like a 1,200. Like it was still yeah. 1,000 ETH without Zura. We, exactly. And then we're still looking at like 800. Like it's been consistently around 800 because people have been putting money on the platform to be um, getting cards. So. I think the one thing, and I know you disagree with that, but like I definitely don't think Sower is going to be thrilled with the um, with the thresholds. I, I don't think they're going to be thrilled with pegging it to ETH if ETH is going to be low. I think that we're going to see a change from that perspective uh, because I don't think they want to be spending like I don't think they want to give out that much ETH in the long term if. It's going to be like, we get to like 500 ETH and like the threshold is like what, 0.1? Like, I just don't think they're going to be comfortable with something like that, even though it's the same fiat value as like what they were giving away originally. Yeah. So the, somebody kind of brought, um, I'm going to not ignore this point here from Joshua was saying that the increase in threshold payouts helps the ETH price of cards go up because people have more ETH to spend. It does. So fiat wise, it's like, it's the same. But like, because there's more ETH now, ETH, can, ETH prices go up. Which is true. And that is yeah, absolutely, that is a good thing. Uh, so the, what I, what I think is okay with ETH going up is I would like to believe, I don't know if this is the case. I, I would find it difficult if it wasn't the case, but I believe that Soware probably has some sort of ETH reserve. And they have a, a fiat reserve specifically to buy ETH to pay out. So rising ETH is no concern to them, or falling ETH, excuse me, is no concern to them because they are hopefully buying ETH each week in order to pay it out. Like, I don't, 
I don't think they're losing money on ETH because they're like using an ETH reserve to pay this out. If they are doing that, I think it's a mistake. Here's like, here's a good mistake. question and a good comment. Like, how do we think they're holding the funds? I, I we would, really don't know the answer to that. I would like their own balance sheet. Just in general, like when they bring in, like let's say, to, like yesterday they made two hundred ETH in oh. auction sales. What right. are, are they, they holding that in ETH? Are they leaving that in ETH? Are they? I think they're probably doing. It should some, be somebody's job to decide. It is, and That's I think what the CFO's job is. I think they're. I hope they're better than some of the other people uh, that, in terms of their decisions. But like realistically, like I'm thinking that they're pro like let's say they're probably keeping like seventy percent USD, thirty percent ETH or something. Like I don't know. I'm just giving a random number. Like sure. I'm assuming they're keeping some amount in ETH and some amount in USD. And I'm assuming they're doing it that way because like. Obviously, so from a perspective of the platform, right, they they have everything's done in ETH. So like the platform, they have to give stuff out in ETH. But I'm assuming their employees are paying in USD fiat currency. So yep. I'm assuming they're doing like maybe they're keeping like 50% in ETH, 50% in USD. Because if they do it like that, like it kind of offsets whatever happens on either side, right? And it protects them the most by doing like 50-50 type of thing. But I have no idea what they're doing. But yeah. like, I, I will say that it's like, let's say, let's say they made, how many, how many people got the threshold this past week? Uh, I haven't pulled that. Yet. Because like, if you, if you're giving away, like, let's say 400 ETH in thresholds and prizes, and you're only generating, let's say, 500 ETH in auction sales, you got a little bit of an issue there. Um, not but saying that that's you, happening, but. I, I don't think you don't though, because they have a, like they raised all the money that they raised as a private company in the funding round is, is not in cryptocurrency. Like that's fiat. And so if they, if the amount of money that they made from auctions isn't going to cover threshold, like they can just go out and buy ETH. And this is a great time to buy ETH because it's so low. So like, I'm not like concerned at all from that part of point of view, like at all. And so I don't think falling ETH matters in terms of threshold. Yeah, and it might not, it, it really, it really might not. Like, it's just, a, it's, it's an interesting concept that we really don't know the answer to, or really have any way to know the answer to exactly how they handle that stuff. Yeah. We just have to sit here and hope that they are good enough accountants to figure it out. Which, I mean, in theory, they should be like, and like you said, like they are making more like auctions, like auctions have been around 200 to 300 ETH uh, a day. So like you're talking, let's say 1500 ETH a week, they're not giving out 1500 ETH a week in thresholds. And they actually will give out even less once they, uh, once we eventually get to the point where there's no common goalkeepers, they're going to give out less in thresholds than they were previously. I mean, we, we've had international breaks, like nobody had, gets, it's literally in the hundreds of people who win thresholds. I didn't win a threshold last week. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I didn't win one. Yeah. So anyway, so, so we talked about how, um, you have looked at this game as like an ETH accumulator and you feel that you can accumulate more ETH by playing SO5, by getting your rewards and I, and selling them or selling them to reinvest or you've reinvested everything. Um, does has the drop in in fiat value to, of ETH made you stop buying cards? No, not entirely. But what it's made me do is I don't want to put more on the site. I don't want to put more into the platform. I want to now generate what I can at the moment. Not not that I won't put more on the site. Like I, I will. 
if it if it's warranted it will but like i think what i've tried to do now is like i will try to use the rewards that i get entirely to generate what i need to buy whereas like in the past if i'm like ah, i really want this guy i'm just gonna put 10 eth on and go get people i want whereas like this time i'm like i don't really want to put on this because uh the eth number is going to be really high i'd rather just generate because like realistically if you a lot of cards you win right now are worth a lot of ETH. Like threshold, just threshold is like 0. 0.045. Yeah. If you get a threshold, you get a couple tier twos and a tier one in a week, you're looking at like 0. 0.8 ETH. Like yeah, you're looking at a really solid ETH return from the week. So like the issue is I did not fully get the guys I wanted um, to prepare me for the European season. As you know, like I was in the process. I definitely got some guys that have gone up a tremendous amount um, that I'm glad I got in. But there's one rare I still want to get. And then I had planned on perfect example was yesterday with what happened to Vieira. I need an elite super rare for U23 come the European season, but I did not want to buy one that had a risk behind it. And realistically, everyone had a risk behind it. It seemed sure. like so. Like I didn't want like for example, like, I looked at Vieira. I looked at Fabio Vieira who went to Arsenal yesterday and his price plummeted. Like. Oof. 40% and he just like, I mean, he's dead. Like, I mean, I don't see how he's a productive player. Cause like, I just don't think he's going to start every game. And even if he does, I don't, I don't see how he can have the type of scores that he had with Porto, uh, except for the one guy that the poor, the poor fella who put in the, the massive um, auction bid two days before and got just dumped on while the price dropped like half on him. But like, that's why I didn't buy a super. Cause like, I didn't want to spend like Fabio Vieira before yesterday, his super was probably, seven to eight ETH. Like, I don't think you could really get it for under that. Um, so that was 4.6. That was like a month and a half ago. Like, I think it was like when the ETH dropped, like, I think you're looking at like six to eight ETH card. Like Vieira was legit. Yeah. Um, like you could not realistically get a Vieira for under six to eight ETH. Now you could probably get it for like two and a half, three. I mean, if someone was, uh, people that have his super rare might be stubborn, not really willing to sell, but like I wouldn't pay two and a half for it right now. But so that's the thing is like, I didn't want to just, I'd rather just pay a lot once and just get the guy that I want once I know what the situations are. Whereas I didn't want to get, do something like this and then boom, just dead. So I was waiting until probably mid July once transfers have sort of shake it out and I could just see who's where and what the situations would look like. Um, but with the ETH price now, like I just don't really think that's a realistic outcome for me from a, from a, what I have currently on the platform situation. So like I'm probably just gonna have to roll with a lot of the superheroes I have. Um, I might still buy one. Like if it's, I, I think I can. I think with the guys I have, one will at least be good. And with like I, my realistic lineup is like any goalie. Sutalo or Timber and then Jota, right? So like I'm I have the rares. I'm good on the rares, in my opinion. I feel like I'm I'm solid. Um, I think one of my super rares, at least each week, like I have like 15 or 20 options. Like someone will at least be okay as an option. But I really want that one guy that I can just hang my hat on, and be like, this guy's gonna give me 60 to 70 every week. Sure. Um and right now I don't think I have that guy. So that's concerning to me that I might have to go buy that person at a later date. But uh, I'm hoping I can just not do that. So uh, one of these points before it came up in chat about 15 minutes ago that I wanted to talk about was from Football Economist. And he said, people are forgetting the solar markets down as with every other asset in the world right now. ETH and NFTs are related. So even if you think in fiat, when ETH goes down, it's likely cards go down. So we haven't really seen cards, ETH prices go down 
fiat card fiat prices have declined. And I'll admit that I don't track every single card on the platform, but the ones that I like tend to pay attention to, we are seeing like significant fiat drops. And, but the fiat drops are still in a spot where you still have to pay more for ETH. Like I'm not seeing a drop in card prices with like a drop in ETH prices for cards. So even if like the, the price of cards is going down, like it's going down in fiat, ETH going down, like ETH, I feel like is steadying at least near the thousand dollar mark, but like, I'm just not seeing the fiat drop, excuse me, the ETH drop that I feel like should be accompanying it. If we think like everything's going down, like it should be down on both at some point if ETH starts to uh, level out. And at least for the, for the cards that I've been paying attention to, like, it's, I just don't see it. Like as much as people are like, ETH doesn't matter, like find me cards of like good players where the ETH prices are going down and I'll believe you. Yeah. So um, Josh t- asked, he's like, if ETH went to a hundred a coin, would there be a mass amount of users leave and hold ETH uh, liquid? No. I think what people would do is people will be like, I'm going to buy 20 ETH for $2,000. Yes. And then they inject 20 ETH on the platform. Like, they, yes, there's going to be some people like in that situation, like where ETH is a hundred dollars and nothing else is on the platform wrong. And it looks like everything's fine eventually. And it'll just be there. Like I will probably start to take off some ETH as we go. But like, if I win a card, like it could be worth, like if I win a, a Carlos Gill in that situation, like Carlos Gill could be a 20 ETH card, the rare, right? And, and like, when you look way back in the depths of the platform, like you see guys sold for like five ETH for a rare that was like a mediocre card, but like that was like $200. Like yeah. they didn't care. So I think you'll, we'll find people that will do that. The, the issue is obviously like also, it looks like we're going to go into a giant global recession. And if we go into a giant global recession, are people going to have money to be spending on um, on JPEG JPEGs? Players? But <laughs> at the same time, every time there's a recession or anything like that, there's still people that have money. Mm-hmm. Like It's not like everybody in the world doesn't have sort of money or funds at that point. Um, so it's it's a situation like that where I just think that there's a chance to do whatever you want realistically. It's just going to be a matter of if you are investing, if ETH goes to 100 and you invest, let's say, $2,000 to get 20 ETH, you have to be fairly certain that ETH is not going to go back up quickly. Because if ETH goes up quickly, you're going to look like an idiot when you lost 20% or like when you lost like 65% of the fiat value on your card because of that. Um, so like you need to be cognizant of the fact that like, but at the same point, like if you just had $2,000 and you just had $2,000 sitting around and then you wanted to get some sort of crypto exposure, like that could be your way to get crypto exposure and you feel better about it. Right. And then maybe crypto go, maybe ETH goes back up to 500, um, an ETH. And like all of a sudden your 20th card goes for 10 ETH. Well, you still profited there from a fiat perspective and you still have ETH, you just don't have as much as you would have if you had just sat there and not done anything with it. It does seem like crazy to me when I hear people say like they had ETH and they're like, I'm just going to buy some cards because that's safer. Um, like 
that nothing safe, right? Like nothing you do. Well, like, like, you hold cards, ETH, or or um, USD or something. Like none of it's safe. Yeah. So like that's that's ultimately like what worries me. Not worries me, but like the way that like I'm sitting on ETH now because I sold a bunch of cards this week, and I was having this whole conversation with somebody on Twitter about like how. He was like, nobody would take like a fiat loss for an ETH gain. And it's like, I did it a bunch this week. Like I took on some cards, like fairly massive fiat losses, theoretical fiat, fiat losses, because I got an ETH gain. And I got those because they're cards that I like probably, that I didn't think I was ever going to sell for that fiat value anyway. But if I can get the ETH value or more than what I had, like I was perfectly content with that. Cause like, I believe that ETH will go back up at some point. I don't know when it's going to be. Nobody knows when it's going to be. It could be six months. It could be six years, but I'd rather the ETH than this card that I think will actually never be worth the ETH, this ETH again, or, and it certainly wouldn't be the fiat value. Shout out to Pal Lopez. So, the, but the whole, like, I'm not, I don't want to be exposed to ETH. So I'm going to buy cards. I get that. Cause like we, I, we've talked about that. Um, when I talked to Andy on Tuesday about this, like we had a previous show with Evaldo and he was like, if you're buying cards, like you're, you're much more exposed to the digital card market than you are the Ethereum market. And we're kind of seeing that be the case right now because Ethereum is way down and cards are not way down. But I kind of brought up this point that like buying cards increases the risks as well. And this chart here of Fabio Vieira shows it. That like, if you, if you were two days ago, you were like, I don't want to hold this much ETH. Let me just get like a nice safe U23 that I think will appreciate. And you bought this card. Well, now it's worth like 20% less and probably not getting any more. Like, I don't think anybody is like looking at these prices and they're like, oh yeah, that's too cheap. Let me go buy more of this likely Arsenal bench warmer for the first year or two. Yeah. And so like... Maybe the downside is slightly safer, but like there's still plenty of risks when buying cards. And I, I just feel like some people are starting to ignore that because they're like, oh, this thing isn't as risky and therefore it must not be risky. But that's like so far from reality. Yeah, I mean, real, realistically, like all of it has risks. Like if you have, if you're in the ETH, like you're risking what the crypto market is. If you get into the cards, you have a combination of both the crypto market and the actual um the actual like player market too so like you just there's so much risk in terms of like what you're looking at with the players what you're looking at from your gallery that's why like i think a lot of things is too like if you buy the elite level cards it doesn't matter what region if the cards you get are the elite level pieces it's generally speaking they don't go down in both or like they don't say stagnant like i have seen a lot of cards be stagnant yeah we're like ETH dropped or like the price dropped of ETH, but the, the value in the card hasn't gone up yet. And, and part of that is like, it might eventually, but we looked at Cruise yesterday. Like Cruise Limiteds haven't moved at all. Um, they actually have, so like when Laird and I looked at this yesterday, it was like 0.18. Um, and I actually told Laird to just park a bunch of money on Tony Cruise uh, Limiteds because I thought it was a pretty good spot to just dump some money. So we're looking at Cruz and what's his, can you scroll up Laird and uh, so I can see his ETH value. So like, yeah. So like yesterday when Laird and I talked about it, it was 0.188. Now it's a 0.227. So like it took I bought yesterday at 0.184. You did. Yeah. So that's literally right when Laird and I talked about it because um, Laird went and bought one. 
So like, as you see, like if Laird had went and bought 10, like I told him to, um, he would have jumped and he would have generated about uh, 0.4 ETH worth of value from just buying that card for one day and then selling it. But it's a situation where like, there's some cards that have been stagnant that didn't really jump upwards. Um, and they just sort of were like the same, nothing changed. And then there's also the cards like Carlos Gill was going for, that's also my first mention of him in two weeks, Mike. So um, I didn't mention him at all last week, but he went from 2.5 to 3.3 overnight. Like that's pretty similar in, in fiat value. Like, yes, it's slightly less, but it remained pretty, pretty similar. Um, so that's where I think like you can see stuff, but obviously like you see like the gill has sort of tailed back off a little bit because people haven't, um, haven't done it. Oh, I see there was a trade involving someone that you were talking about earlier today. Larry. Well, I was going to say like the, we saw the price dip like Chani right now, fiat wise is like the floor, the recent floor here. No Chani. And, um, what did this card go for? Took him, took him like three months to get the card, but he got the job done. Gomez and Vanderhorn super rares. See Laird and you didn't want to do it. Yeah. That, that really would have taken my gallery to the next level. I don't even know. I don't even know how good Gaston Gomez is. Oh, he, he's good. He's good. He's good. He's also starting because Gabriel Arias is hurt. So yeah, I don't know. But anyway, but yeah, we're seeing like. The, wow. He's been smashing. Holy shit. Yeah. He's very good. Dude, well, let me rephrase. His L forty nine. He's a racing goalkeeper. Like if yeah. you go back to Arias's scores, yeah, yeah, yeah. like they that's what they look like. So, yeah. um, so, but like we're seeing like the at least Carlos Heel Fiat prices are going up now. They're still down from what is this nine days ago, but it's like ten percent down from nine days ago, and I don't know. It seems like. Those types of cards. Uh, I mean, someone bid on the new auction Mbappe. What's that? There was a new auction Mbappe rare today that I don't. I don't know if someone had bid on it. This is a uh, limited that ended two hours ago. No, there's there's a, there's a new rare that's up. I wanted to see if someone bid on it yet because last time someone oh. bid ten point seven never got touched. It's a two point one. So yeah, yeah two so, two days so, from now. Is that the sun? Yeah, Sunday. The other day, a sloth trader just bid ten point seven eight. No one outbid him, and then two people bought one for significantly more ETH the day afters. For less ETH though, or for less USD, like you've one seen, of them, like, the second one was almost the exact price, exact same amount, but three ETH more. Like that, yeah. that to me, so like something like that is a bad deal, right? Like if you didn't want to buy that card at fifteen thousand nine hundred and forty dollars two days before, why would you go and pay three ETH more? Like obviously it's the same USD or fiat currency. Like not arguing, but like it was a substantial amount more on terms of ETH. Like you literally paid 2.22 ETH more than you could just pay two days before. So like to me, something like that's like a weird type of, of deal. But I mean, that's me. Like I would just sat there and be like, well, I'm not buying this now. And then I would just not have it. <laughs> Whereas like he went out and just got the guard he wanted. So I can't well, fault that, but it's just a weird move. Well, that's kind of the, the what I wanted to talk about today. Like that we, you more so than me, like honestly, like you hold a much bigger ETH balance than I do. But like, we're to the point now where like ETH prices are going up because ETH itself versus fiat is going down. And we're getting to the point where we're like, I want this card, but I'm just not going to pay the current ETH price. 
and I don't care what the fiat value is. Like I've had ETH. This is my, this is how I look at everything. This is my budget. Like I'm just not going to buy that card. And that's why I kind of said buying is suspended. Granted, I bought six cards yesterday. So ignore me on that. But I, I, I actually, let me change that. Cause like, well, no, I, I, I meant what I said. Like you and I have like, we keep lists of cards that we want to buy that like cards we work towards to get. And based on current ETH prices, like some of the cards that I want are just too expensive now. Like I'm just, I'm not going to pay that price regardless of what the fiat price is because whatever the fiat price was when I got this ETH is different than what it is now. So like, it's not even a comparable fiat comparison. Yeah. So I'm not, like I have my list, the player, the player that I wanted when I set up my list was two to 2.5 ETH. Now will cost me three to three point, well, it's gonna cost me over three. It's at least 3.2 to 3.5. So like, since I, and I had the ETH balance, like it's an ETH balance thing for me. Cause like I had the ETH balance wait, waiting to get him and just didn't make it happen. Um, so like a situation, like I will still buy players that I need to buy because I, if not buying those players is gonna cost me dramatically from an SO5 standpoint, I'm not gonna not do it, I think. Um, but, I'm definitely not going to buy as many speculative type guys that I would have otherwise. Um, so it's funny you say that though, because what I wanted to say was like, you and I ha have had ETH on the platform for a while. So somebody is like, well, if fiat is the same, pr like the fiat price maybe hasn't uh, changed that much, but ETH price has gone up. But like, because we already have ETH on the, on the platform, if we pay more ETH, that means we're paying more fiat too, in terms of like what our ETH was worth. Yeah. So like if a card was two and a half ETH and now it's 3.25, like not only does that cost us more ETH, but it's more fiat from when we put that, when we got that ETH originally. And like that, I think people ignore. Yeah. But Josh, Josh asked if ETH remains the, the same price for the next six months. I hope ETH remains this is the same price for six months. Stability and it just not really moving would be pretty good, I think. Uh, but the thing is like, here's the thing, you got to adjust with the market. So like right now it is, dumped off 50% in a week. It could go back up or it could dump off another 50% next week. Yep. So it's a situation like where for me, a guy, so like I have on the platform, let me see. I have around seven to seven and a half ETH. I've had that balance for a little bit now. Oh, it was higher. I bought some cards along the way, obviously. But like I have seven, seven and a half ETH. I don't really want to put more fiat into the platform and I don't have more ETH just sitting around idle to, to go in right now. So do I sit there and not buy anything? No, it's not realistic to not buy anything. But what I want to do is I want to use rewards to generate that type of price for me. Whereas there are people like a lot of people. So like I have since I've been on the platform have ended up being more ETH driven. And I think so later talked about earlier when we talk about some people are ETH balanced, some people are US or fiat driven. So like realistically, the answer is 90% of people are whatever benefits them most at the time. That's what they are. Sure. As they five percent of people are fiat, five percent of people are ETH. The other 90 are whatever benefits them that day is what they <laughs> So you got to get that out of the way to begin with. But like, so I am in the 5% in my opinion at this point. Like I have been very ETH driven on the platform. My goal was to 
generate ETH. I know that when ETH is a high price point, I want to buy cards. And when ETH is a low price point, I want to sell cards. That said, you can never do that perfectly. Like if I need to buy a card and ETH is low, I have to go buy a card. If I need to sell right. a card when ETH is high, then I got to go sell a card. I, I don't really have the ability not to do it. But what a lot of people are doing right now is they're realizing that they can get some bang for their buck because of ETH prices. And they are going ahead and uh, taking advantage of that. And they're buying ETH. I'm not in that position where I want to do that at this exact moment. But the good news is with people buying, putting money on the platform to buy cards, that means they got to buy cards. So if I'm trying to sell cards, that's a good time for me to sell cards. Um, so like th just this past game week, like I had a okay game week this last week of the international break. I won a Nikola Zalewski um, rare and I won an Alan Varela rare and I won a Jean-Luc Dompe limited and a Kim Gion Wong limited. And between the four of them or between the four of them, I can probably generate like 0.85 ETH or 0.8 ETH, let's call it. So if I really want to, I'll go just sell, go sell those cards. That generates me 0.8 ETH. I could go buy a card that I want to use. Or like I said, like we've talked about before, I don't really like selling young players that haven't proven to be bad on the platform. Yeah. Like I think if you sell young players that aren't proven bad, you're doing things wrong. Um, so like I might not sell these two immediately. I might just sit on them for a little bit. Uh, but Again, like that's like I've been selling rewards very liberally uh, recently, like, except for actually I did. I guess I won an Alexander Schultz um, rare as well, but he's actually a smasher. Yeah, and my rare defenders are not the most strong. I do have a lot of the Frontail guys, but if Frontail doesn't have a good matchup, it's my my options are really limited. Um, so I decided to keep that as well. But like over the last month or last two months like i've sold a lot of rewards that i brought in to generate to go buy other cards so like my hope is for if eth is in this price point like i i was talking to Larry before the show or maybe it was on the show like if you go and you get a threshold a couple tier twos and a tier one in a week you're getting close to an eth out of that so like and with my gallery size that is not unrealistic to hit that type of an outcome on a given weekend um, so I, I think for me, it's like more of a thing. Like I can generate some ETH right now. I want to generate. And then if I have to go buy a player, I will. Yeah. I think that's, those are all good points. I, I Man, don't want to ignore that. Like, obviously if you're selling cards now, like you're getting the higher ETH value. Yeah. So like what we were kind of talking about in terms of this, like buying is suspended. It's like, we don't want to use our ETH balances to buy cards. Like I would be content, like selling cards to yeah. then buy new ones. And I actually think for people who think in ETH now, like trading seems better now than ever because you don't have to like think of like, oh, this card is really expensive. And it's like, well, maybe the card that you're willing to trade has also seen like an absurd ETH rise just because of what ETH itself is doing that try to make some trades. I say that having rejected a trade literally an hour and a half ago. But I think the... It, it's almost for people who think in ETH because ETH prices are going up, winning rewards is more important than ever because like that's literally just an opportunity to, to get a card that you can sell for a near peak price. I mean, we don't know if it'll be, you know, if the peak is going to keep going or not, but it's a really good opportunity right now. I say, I say that looking that Jasper Chillison is now a tier zero reward, which is just wild. Um, 
I get why, but man, that's... The gap between Neymar and Rajkovic there is pretty absurd. Yeah, I mean, that, usually the first place one is... Is good, and then the rest of them are not great. Pretty high. I mean, I know the Rare Pro... Oh, oh wow, Rare got Neymar this week. That's shocking. Neymar and then DSC third, second. Oh, Steve Harris. Clark fourth. A lot of Neymar's given out this week, apparently. Yeah, really. I know, I know, uh, yeah, I know Uba Makana went to first in Rare Pro. Um, would love that card. That would be a great card. That's an awesome card. That's a, that's a card I would love to add, but that's not really. U23 Limited was a good old Mbappe. Allen. Oh, wow. Mm, there you go. Says that's, yeah. I mean, oh, wow. Some big cards that were given out this last week. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that, that feels good if you win one of those. Yeah, that's nice. Congratulations to. Oh, Nanzo. Come on. Come on. Way to go, Nanzo. Way to go, Nanzo. He needed that one. Um, anyway, so yeah, I just, I find myself like when I posted a bunch of cards on the market recently, and this is actually something that um, Gator Guy put me on. And he was like, what I do literally every day is I'll look at my gallery and I'll see what I paid for a card and like right on server data, you can see like what the floor is. And he's like, and if there's any card that like seems like the floor is just like way too high, I'll go to sell. I'll like figure out if I want to sell this card. So like, if you just go to your gallery, like this is mine, like this is what I paid for this card. And then this is the floor price. And then you have like the one week or three day average, whatever the recent average is. And so I, with this ETH like crash, but value ETH value of cards going up, I was like, let me try this. And so I started posting a bunch of cards and I actually had, like, I was a, I have a bunch of like early, or I had like a bunch of early limiteds. Like I have some that are like 11 of a thousand, 15 of a thousand. And they were like cards that I didn't necessarily use that much. And so I was like, maybe I'm going to try, I'll try to sell some of these cards. And so like I posted a ton of cards that I'm like, these guys like, yeah, I'll play them in lineups, but like, if I'm trying to improve a lineup, like, let me just sell these guys now. I'll see if I can like buy back or buy better cards when, if ETH drops a little bit. And all of a sudden, like I sold eight cards in like 12 hours and cards that like gave me more ETH than I've ever had on the platform. And I took like a fiat loss on some of them, but like all of them were, were, um, were ETH gains. And now I'm like, I don't really necessarily want to spend this ETH on like higher price cards. So now I've actually started, I don't want to call it speculating, but it's probably just that. But like what we were talking earlier and that we were like, Tony Cruz is getting way too cheap. And we, I mean, I've heard this in like a number of discords, like different people are like, Tony Cruz is kind of cheap for like what he is. And I think Nellis bought one too. And because he was like, this is too cheap for Tony Cruz. And I love John, but I'm like, it's probably not that cheap. And then I looked, I'm like, oh, it actually, like, he nailed it. John was totally right on this one. And so, I love you, John. So, I was, so now I was like, should I, like you were saying, like, I should just go out and buy five or 10 Tony Cruz limited cards because they're too cheap. So, I'm actually, it, now that I have this, like, eat, big ETH balance for me, do I start buying cards that I just think should be more expensive given the fact that like cards that I don't think are that valuable should be like I bought, I sold Alexander Newble 
and Sean Johnson, each for 0.195. And then I bought Marc-Andre Ter Stegen for 0.21. And it's like the Barcelona goalkeeper, I feel like shouldn't cost the same as the New York City FC goalkeeper. Scores like Sean Johnson has been awesome. NYC is like arguably the best team in Major League Soccer. Like I get it. But like that looked like an inefficiency to me. And so now I'm starting to wonder if like those are the types of cards I try to buy over the next two months while Europe is quiet and just lose all my ETH that way. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like when we talk about Cruz, right? Like I don't think I'm actually going and listing some cards as we're talking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, um, but, but like, it's just, I, I mean, I more so know what cards I've had. I look through it frequently and I know what I could sell that is, uh, is sort of like back end stuff. But like, I have a Carbonero. Like, Carbonero is at 0.65. Like, that's a massive uptick from where he was. Like, when I won him, which was like three weeks ago, he was like 0.3. Yeah, like, literally, it was like 0.3. Two weeks I mean, ago, he, was like, and he had a goal. He like scored a goal since then, yeah. like, is which is fine. Let's not say he's bad because there's not many options um, no. from a U23 summer perspective. And honestly, having him was was pretty wow. So here's the thing. Here you go, Laird. You haven't looked at this. I hope. What is Taffy's price? One point six. Point nine nine. I think people are scared. That's West Well, I think people are scared too, but like this is a guy that was selling for That's probably a massive three uh, ETH at points over the last month. Um yeah, it's probably like, a massive fiat drop. Carbonero had a rumor recently too, I saw. I, I don't follow him closely enough to to really know what's going on, but uh but he had he had a rumor recently as well, whether or not that'll be good or not. Um we'll have to wait and see on that. But yeah, it's just like one of those things. Like if I can just sort of sell some stuff that I'm never gonna play, like I have I I'll just use this as an example. Like I have an Eric Bjorkander. Literally don't even know what team he's on. <laughs> Until I just looked. Like I know what team he's on now, but I didn't know what team he's on before. But like if I can sell that card for let's say I don't know, 0.175 ETH, which is probably I can't sell them for that at this point. Like if I if I go sell like ten of those, like boom, that's like one point seven ETH that I just generated, um, and that's not the all right. So yeah, Sebasti Pasta says the Carbonero is likely going to racing um, slash jail. Yeah, because I did hear Carbonero did have something about him. It just wasn't as big as what uh, what your boy Sebastian V is going through. Um, but there's definitely like I don't know. There's just some cards that I can sell that like aren't really cards I'll use ever, and they could realistically help me get cards that I will use. So like that's something that is of value to me. But like I, it's just it, right now. So like here's an example, right? We talked about Stroykins last week. Like for me to go speculate on Stroykins right now, probably is going to cost me to get that super rare. I would guess 0.75 ETH. That I paid 0.2314 two months ago. Like I'm not gonna go pay 0.75 ETH to speculate no. on something like that right now. I'm just not gonna do that. Um, actually, here's one that I do not think it's the most speculative, but it is still a bit more speculative. Um, I sent an offer out for your boy Lubes last night, super rare. Ooh. But I didn't know the guy didn't re- respond, and then I was just like, I don't know if I want to speculate on it. I was offering like a lower Why is there speculation. He's gonna be the best. U23 midfielder this summer. If or he this plays. fall. 
if he plays. Why wouldn't he play? Who knows? I don't know. He's a goat, um, man. But so anyways, I was like, I, I was thinking about speculating on him. And then I'm like, eh, I don't know if it's worth it. So I ended up pulling down the the offer. Um, I To be fair, if the guy messaged me and was like, hey, I'll take that exact number you sent, I would probably be like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. But I was, my speculation on him was lower than what, like his proper, his proper value should be like one and a half, maybe. And I was offering like one because it was a reward that the guy probably doesn't want. And like one's not unreasonable. Um, but yeah, it's just something like that. Like, I mean, good examples. Like, so like I won a Emil Forsberg a month ago. I don't know, like a month ago. And when I won him, he was 0.07 card. Now he's 0.2. So like if I sold him and just sat on the ETH, like I sat in 0.07 ETH, like it would have been worth nothing. Whereas like now if I sell him, I get 0.207. Like that's a bit more obviously from a pure ETH perspective um, in terms of like what to get out of him. So there's just things like that that I'm like, oh, I talk, here's a great example, right? And I told you and you did it and then you sold him because you just flipped it. But I told you Kim Jin Hyun was just stupid price. His price made no sense based on um, what you get out of him. Like he's a surefire, no doubt about it starter that you do not have to worry about at all. And what did you pay, Laird? 0.36? 375. So like hypothetically speaking, like Laird was just going to sit on ETH. Like that would have just remained ETH. So like he turned- I needed a goalie. Yeah, yeah, and you did need a goalie. Like I, to be fair, I don't really know why you sold him. I, what did, why did you sell him? Did you go get another goalie? I had Higashiguchi come back oh, and someone I, else. Okay, so here's here's an issue, which, guys, we're going to call Laird a moron here pretty soon. Um, but, like, he just by just storing his value on this guy, he generated 0.2 ETH. So you can do stuff like that, especially at this time, I think. But why didn't you just sell Higashiguchi? Uh, he wasn't – I couldn't get as much. You should go look at Higashiguchi. Oh my god! I'm very, see, I'm very surprised you didn't do do this instead. Oh, I mean, no, I mean, he's a... I mean but you, it's pretty similar for a guy that has a lot more question marks surrounding him than Kim Jin Hyun on a worse team. The teams are comparable. They, they, the teams are comparable. But, <clears throat> anyways, um, yeah, I mean, that goes. That's why we, this also goes to show why we never sell goalies. Like Higuchi was selling for point two, and now he's point five. Um, it's just a situation where you just don't sell goalies unless they're starting. Uh, yeah, I just don't see a, a a world. I mean, obviously, if ETH goes to five hundred, then we're there. But like, like if the floor is point six two, I don't see anybody paying that or slightly higher. So I, I don't. Take I don't agree. Put it to I, I, that I actually wanted. There's not cheaper goalies in America or Asia. Like it just doesn't exist. Anymore. Then point six two now. Not really. What did I get for five two five? I mean, yeah, let's go to the market and check it out. But I don't think uh, I don't think that there's going to be tons of goalies you can get for that price point that are better than him. Um, not like saying he's a smasher or anything. I just don't think there's that many goalies. Well, I think that's it. it. Like he's not a smasher, and so there are other guys who are just like fine. Like I'm just who are you going to get? Is your boy Bobby Shuttlesworth? He'll be fine. No, like, I mean, look, Eloy Room was the bottom, and Eloy Room's like 0.589 now. Yeah, like that's I mean, pretty much the floor of goalie is like 0.6 right now. 0.6, yeah, yeah, which There's is a lot as 0.605. He'd be fine. Fry is 0.553, man. Yeah, that like, yeah, back yet? no, maybe, but I think no, I think he's not back yet. 
Yeah, I, I just look at guys like that all the same. Like Hoyos is 0.55. Like I, I'm not I'm not arguing that yeah, like I, I think it's totally the same. Like I think you could say Hoyos and and uh and him are exactly the same, but like Alex, we're talking about like goalies that you're you're comfortable to have, not Bono. No, yeah, Bono. Uh, you're not comfortable having Bono. Um No, but, but like, like the, the way I looked at it is is that he was just a guy that I could play at goalie. Like I was never gonna yeah. be like really excited one day when he had a good matchup because it's goalie. So if if I felt it was a replaceable price, which like we just found four guys who were like guys at the same price, like I was fine actually holding the ETH in that situation as opposed to the goalie with the possibility, although that he literally never doesn't play. But like, I just... I I think more of the issue is like, you don't have tons of goalies. So just selling a goalie doesn't make sense when they're all going up. No, I have enough now. Like I have more than enough now. That was the Your thing. definition of enough is like you have enough and then one gets injured and then you don't have enough. But then, but now I have the ETH, and I just go buy Hoyos. Like it's fine. So, so Raheem just asked about Ultimate Champions um, NFTs. I'm not gonna say it's scammy or anything. Like I don't, I don't know enough about it. My issue with it is uh, looking at it with them doing packs and stuff. I think they're gonna have a lot of issues from a legality standpoint, and I think they'll eventually get shut down because they're just not within legal codes of wherever they're trying to go with. Um, which could be wrong. Like I might not be accurate on that. Like it could end up being totally fine. Um, but like, that's why I've, I also find it hard to believe they're going to Silver's footprint is really big right now. And like, yes, ultimate chance got arsenal, but nothing else drives home anything there to me. Um, so I just don't really see them getting there. I think them being there as a competitor is good. It forces sober to not be bad, but I just, it, it's hard for me to fully buy in on that. Um, do you I, still, I thought it was that too much work. What? It's too much work. Yeah. It's, like I have no idea how much cards are worth. Uh, well, my issue is not even that. It's just I just don't think they're going to pass the legality. I have I have concerns with Sower from a legality standpoint, too, in the long term. But, like, I think Ultimate Champions is, like, doing packs is just not going to fit in with the legality of things, I don't think. Um, so, like, that's my concern. Do you, do you still have your Lampy or did you sell it? I have it. How much is he worth now? By the way, I hate how you do this with public offers. You just get so many of the same goalies. Oh, it would be great if you would be great, Lair, if you could filter that and not have duplicates. They just do the floor price. That's all you need. Oh, and then you only get that. Oh, that's good then. Yeah. So what's Lampy now? Uh, I just saw him. He's probably like 0.5. I saw one at 0.7. I don't know if that was like the floor of it of him though. I just saw him. Come on, come on, Carlos. There because I think like I point five two, point five two. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't sell him. They were exactly the same to me, and one of them plays in a region that I pay attention to. I mean, that's fair. You do not I have other Argentina cards that I would play when they're playing that's together. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I don't no, need I mean, Kim Jin Hong when I have nobody else playing. That makes sense. I mean, that you do not have uh, the Asian cards. So that does make sense that you'd rather have another Argentinian card. Especially if like Armani goes off on international duty or something. Like, it gives mm -hmm. you the ability to still run that line. So yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, floor goalies are way up there. Do you, how high do you think floor goalies are going to get? What's wild is to see Zach McMath at 0.596. He's been good, to be fair. He's been great. I, to be fair, I I think he could be higher. He uh he's been really good, 
Um, he has no competition because it seems very clear Ochoa is done. Yep. It seems very clear that Ochoa is gone. So, like, you can't really ask for much more. You have a decently aged goalie that's been really good that has no competition. Like, that's, that's pretty nice. No, I mean, I think in these regions, though, you really do see, like, there is not a gap between goalies. Um, like, the, the, the gap is, like, 0.6 to 1.2. Like, that's the entire range. of The entire goals. range of starters. Whereas, like, in Champ Europe, you have, like, 0.6 to, like, five. Four, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever Donnarumma is now. Right. Not even not even the starting goalie type guy. <laughs> I was thinking of Allison, but yeah. that's kind of a for, scarcity. For those, listen, Laird and I were laughing yesterday. So, uh, Florian Wirtz had an uh, auction go yesterday. Blown away by the price of, of Florian Wirtz. Um on auction like this dude's out till probably at least january and he auctioned for 4.5 yesterday and his floor was like five and a half um so like my two most valuable rares in my entire gallery are words and donnarumma two guys you like can't even use right now which i found absolutely ridiculous um like that's the difference right there four days went from 2.7 yep. to 4.4 yep exactly which is crazy did he like come um, back did we miss that he is in full that he's I don't think so. I actually, so here's the thing. Like I tried to get his, his forward card last year. I don't know if I want the forward anymore. I think I might want the midfielder because it's, it's funny I'm, you say that because somebody, oh, I forget who it was, wanted to trade the forward card for a midfield card. And I remember being like, no, no, you, the forward card is better. Who was it? It was Nellis. Yeah, exactly. And he was like, no, cause I have, I already have, he had Gakpo and someone else really good, like another f- great yeah. forward. And he was last like, I- year, so like last year, my forward situation was was literally Carlson. It was Jesper Carlson. Luckily, yeah. luckily, he didn't get injured. And it was Jesper Carlson all year. And that was my like rare forward that I was able to play. So it was basically like Anthony had a really good matchup or Carlson had a good matchup. And then depending how I wanted to run my lineup, I'd run the one of them um, in U23 Rare Pro. So, but this year, so I still have Carlson who does look, like he will likely stay, knock on wood. Um, and then I have Yoda. So, like, hypothetically speaking, I feel a lot more comfortable with my U23 rare forwards right now. Whereas, like, my U23 rare mids, I don't even know who my best one is. Like, I'm, like, I'm, I'm curious who my best U23 rare mid is. Um, because outside, so, like, you didn't buy lubes, so it can't be him. It's who? <laughs> I said you didn't buy lubes. I didn't buy lubes. Like he went, I wasn't going to buy the rare of lubes anyways. Um, I, you know me, I, Laird. I got to get the super rare. Sure, of course. Let's see. My best rare U23 midfielder going into this season. I don't think Gavi's that good. Um, Ferran Torres I don't think is that good. I have his midfield card, not his forward card. Um, let's see. I'm just scrolling down my roster values. I don't think that's kind of Yeah, well, I have Enzo, but Enzo, I'm not really counting Enzo per se. So, like, we, all right, let's keep going past Enzo and let's look through this look. Maybe Kenneth Taylor. Kenneth Taylor, but he's like a big question mark. Yeah. Kenneth Taylor is a huge question mark. Sure. Kenneth Taylor could be great or terrible. Keep scrolling. Yeah, let's a bunch see. of these guys are aging out anyway. Yeah, I'm just seeing if I have anyone that I think is a guy other than Enzo I, I obviously think fits that bill but like I'm trying to see if I have anyone else and like as you can see 
this list isn't that strong. Like Yari has a chance to be decent. Tejon could be okay. Depending you got Durkin, you're fine. What? You got Chris Durkin, you're fine. I got a lot of Durkins, man. I got a lot of Durkins. <laughs> you do have a lot of Durkins. <laughs> I got so many Durkins that I can't use. It's great. So you have Wurtz. Yeah, so like as you see by this display, my U23 remit is non-existent. Yeah. At all. Um so <laughs> like I really need a rare mid and if Wurtz comes back because Wurtz is a guy that like his forward card and his mid were both really good cards like it didn't really matter which one you had it was more of a um where the guy fit than anything so Zarki Poot says treat yourself to a Jetson Lair does not like Jetson as much anymore um he was talking negatively about Jetson yesterday um not saying I agree or disagree, but Larry, why don't you talk about Jetson? The the thing I wanted to that I mentioned about Jetson is that the sample size is too small, and like he's being priced like he is a top three midfielder, U twenty three midfielder, and we're pricing that based off of what is this? Uh, basically, ten games. One, two, three. Four, well, he had he had the sample eight, the year nine, before. So it's so it's ten game, ten recent games, and then Sean was like, "No, no, no!" But he's done it twice. Yeah, he smashed twice, and it's like, well, I guess, but twice now within, I mean, two years, two completely separate years. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I think there's there's a lot more speculation in that um, in that price than people think there is. I think it's okay at this point. Like, I don't think it's bad. I just think there's my issue with like midfielder, like U23 midfielder this year is like, it's like Veerman who like you're comfortable with. And then it's like, I don't know. Like, I really don't know like who you'd all, who else would you hang your hat on? Like today, Laird is like a U23 midfielder. Well, I mean, we talked about this that I thought that I named Jensen in my top three um, when Harry trades asked recently. And I, then I tried to walk it back. Um, I think Pedri's in the list, and you gave me shit yesterday for not owning a Pedri. Yeah, I don't it's... know why you don't own a Pedri limited with what you were saying about Pedri. Yeah, yeah, I know. I I think that's fair. Um, sort like, of forty Laird, driving me nuts. If I do L forty, then Jetson falls too much. Other, oh, well, I'm not. I'm not even worried about Jetson. I'm just like, who are you hanging your hat on in this position right now? Kaku, apparently he might stay now, but his rumors are bad. If he leaves, I just don't like where he he goes. Enzo, obviously his rumors are Benfica, and that's pretty much it. Um, love him. I think I love him no matter what, but I think if he goes, might be an issue. Uh, I, think, ages. I think Vinny's got it here. No, I, I don't disagree with Vinny Souza. I mean, Vinny Souza has been fantastic. I'm just – it depends where he goes. So I was going like, to say – <laughs> He is turning into like what we were saying about Tati a month ago. We were like, every rumor is awesome. It yeah. was like Celtic, PSV, Bruges. Um, what was the other one? Gank. Ajax. Ajax has been rumored to him today. My God. But like, here's the funny thing. And the funny thing is I don't even know if like Celtic or Ajax are the best for him because I don't think his path to starting is as clear as like if he goes to PSV or Benfica or something. You think like, Kenneth Taylor starts over Vinny Souza? I don't think they're, they, they're the same position. Like he's no, more of like in the Edson role in that situation. Okay. Um, so like, 
I like all right, so Zemanski, like I don't like where his rumors are. Veerman, obviously Veerman's fine, but Veerman ages out after this upcoming season. So like that is a knock to him. It's not enough. I mean it, it is and isn't. Like it is because like you want more than the year, but it isn't because like all you really care about is the year. Yeah, I think um, Veerman has a, a and it's to a much lesser degree specifically because of this year thing. But he has that little bit of like safety that we know with Vandevort because like he just got there. Like he's not leaving now. I heard he had a rumor the other day, but I didn't, I don't think it was serious or anything. Seems crazy for him to leave literally I, after six months. I would agree. So Sangare ages out. Jedson, we've just talked about Tanaka. I actually think Barco is an okay shout, um, which you and I talked about because we don't really like Barco, but he's pretty good on a team you really like. And he just got there, so he's not going to leave. And um, so I think he makes sense. I don't think Turnbull makes sense because I don't know if he starts. Uh, yeah, somebody brought him up in, in one of the comments from our video last week that if he was a starter, not a, even a question, that would like I would if he was like locked in starter, I would have a Turnbull so fast. Yeah, he has rumors to leave, but even if he doesn't, like uh, I, their lineup could very well be Hatate. Uh, McGregor and O'Reilly instead of Turnbull, which then you're spending two weeks on a guy you can't even play frequently. Right. Um, Bruno ages Pedri. So you said Pedri. I, I buy that. I buy the the Pedri hype from you. Um, my issue is that like I got to go pay four ETH for Pedri. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so like I don't really know about Pedri. Georgie was the next person on the list. Uh, he's America, so we're not going to count that. Lewis Ferguson, I believe, has rumors. I, I haven't heard exactly where he would go. Um, otherwise, he would probably be a pretty realistic shout. Um, but that's a difficult one. So then we keep scrolling. Like, Chumeni's not – you don't want him right now. Wendell ages. Vieira died yesterday. Dreyer ages. Pedro ages. Bellingham, I think, is another realistic option. Um that makes sense. But, like, so, but the problem is all these guys we're talking about, they're all champion you guys that are – Really impressive. Um, Josh talks about Odegaard. I don't see it with Odegaard. Uh, he's just not good enough, I don't think, to be someone that stands out. Zarki brought up Morrow Jr. I do think Morrow Jr. is an option. Um, the issue is, is I'm a little concerned about the amount of spikes he would have. Uh, granted, you do see that he did have some spikes there, but he's someone that's a realistic option, I believe. Um, that can go out there and put up some good games for you. I, I believe he had some rumors of leaving though as well, which is obviously concerning. That's not what you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's someone I love Almada. I just obviously American. Yeah. Uh, Declan Rice would be fine. But like, we're so far down this list, right? Like we're like 40, 50 people down. We're like at 55 average players. We're, and then there's obviously Vinny Sousa. The person I have that I'm praying to God goes to Zenit is Glebov. Glebov is like my only freaking hope and he was so bad at the end of last year but this is a guy that has shown to be relatively solid on a relatively terrible team that if he goes to zenit and sort of gets plugged into zenit and they just hold possession and he can be better than what he was at rostov he's my prayer um someone that could be productive um someone mentioned zakarayan i do think zakarayan is a good option me too Um, I just I don't love the exposure to the Russian league is my issue. Like I would rather have my guys. What your midweek is dead. Your midweek is dead. You're also just not. There's just a lot of concerns around the Russian league, just all around. 
right? Like it's just your concern. This is the your boy Eric Martel. Where did Martel go? Nowhere yet. Where was the rumor? I remember there was a rumor. Uh, Rangers. Yeah, that'd be good. If he went there and played, that'd be obviously great. Um, but so yeah, like this is the problem, right? Like we're talking forward. If we go to forward, there's quite a few people I could hang my hat on, even if they're expensive. But like defenders, there's guys I could hang my hat on right now as well. Like you're looking at Mbappe, obviously. Like I think Joe does someone you can put your hat on. I think Maleka could have a really good year. Um, I think Carlson probably stays. Um, some of these other guys that are cheaper, like Vinny, Vinny Jr. is still a really good option to get, in my opinion. Um, Zion can be yeah, solid. On. I think Zion likely takes a step up and improves where he goes. Like Anthony could stay. Like he hasn't left yet, and that was someone that I thought had a possibility to stay for another year. Um, Talos Magno, I think, is a great option. I really would love to get one. I just the issue is he just doesn't have enough. Uh, you gotta win. He needs to get to a point where his his price comes out. I'm not paying two and a half right. for for Talos Magno. But like, so like at least there's some options at forward that I'm like. Yeah, this works. Like Jesus Ferreira, he'll leave after this season. I don't know where he's going to go. Mitsuda's been really solid. Um, so, like, there's options at forward, right? Midfield's just like, oh, my God, who's Stuff, staying, yeah. who's not staying? Like, what am I going to do? And it, it worries me tremendously uh, at that position. Yeah, makes sense. What's, What's funny is – What's your U23 look like for the European season? The thing is that I, I – so here's a thing that I struggle with to remember, and I know you do as well to some extent. The American and Asian seasons do not end yeah. middle of July. Like, you still have till mid-October with those. So, like, when I'm complaining about this situation that I'm, I'm talking about right now, right, I have an Enzo Fernandez, hypothetically, if he stays – through i don't know world cup. you got into the world cup the world cup and then i have pablo ruiz until the yeah. world cup so like i have options well america and asia run i guess once europe starts i have some glaring holes yeah. my gallery is still at the best when asia when everything's running my gallery is at its best because i have enough marquee cars in every region that when everything's running, my teams are really, really good in the key spots. Uh, obviously, some other spots are not as good. But when everything's not running, I am relatively thin in a lot of areas. Yeah, I'm I'm probably, I mean, I'm definitely thinner than I should be. But I have some, like, decent midfielders. It's really, defenders are, like, okay, other than Korean Timber, who hopefully is coming back soon. Uh, I saw someone. Someone said he might be back this week. This week, yeah. Which would be great because I didn't play him, but like I would love to see him back because he's definitely a potential game changer when they have good matchups. Yeah. No. Agree. Agree. I mean, I basically like they're fine. It's fine. Alvarez dies, but I have Carlson. I'm hoping Francisco Gonzalez turns into Jesus Ferreira from last year at least. Yeah. Don't you wish you bought the ball us? What's that? Uh, you said the ball was already up. Yes, he was way up, like, even when I was looking. Um, he looks legit, though. But this is really the guy that I think needs to step up for Lerdinho FC. So that that's part of my thought process, too, with my U23 forwards. He has the potential to be good. Yeah. He has the potential to be pretty good if he gets the right move. And what we, you and I have talked about, every move is good. Every move Literally is good. Literally anything. 
Um, so like, I definitely think that there's a potential. I, has there been any rumors recently with him? I haven't seen a single thing. Cause I, I think that he is, um, for me also, because like hypothetically, if he moves and goes somewhere good, I have two of them. So not only can I use one and play one, I can sell one, which would, could, could be like a three, four ETH card. If it's the right situation. Yeah. Quinny's obsessed with Ferran Torres right now. He is. He's been obsessed with him. I think, so my issue is I have a Ferran Torres midfielder, which I just don't know if that gets the job done. Whereas like the forward card, I think you can play. I think the midfield card's a bit trickier. Yeah, I believe that. What, uh, let me just see where Joe Felix is. Johnny doesn't think Joao goes anywhere. Johnny, that's not very nice. <sighs> I mean, it's fitting though, if he just rots there because like, that loser team deserves him for being a loser for deciding to go there. So, like, they deserve to just rot together. Does he have two I get relegated. Like, I wish Atletico Madrid could just get relegated, like, to, like, never in my viewpoint. Uh, I'm, I think he's his best season will be as soon as he's not U23 anymore. Probably. I mean, that's the thing, too, is, like, he still has two seasons of U23 eligibility left. Yeah. That's tremendous for a guy. Like, he's been around forever already. And five seasons left on his Atletico Madrid contract. I know. Uh, <laughs> I so much. Three more years. There are four more years. Three more years. Yeah. Ugh. Whatever. Um, I think once we get to Joe Felix is when we uh, cut ourselves off here. It's usually when we win the shows, right? Yeah, that's it. Um, so, oh, Johnny, please, no more kind words about Joe Felix. It's just going to bring me down for how good he is. Um Mike Basson says, Joe Felix to enter online. Fine, I'll just continue my... Actually, so here's the thing. So we'll talk about that real quick. My 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 Inter uh, stack, right? That could not no longer exist. Pretty exciting for me in terms of screen yard because I saw a rumor the number for him going to PSG was 70 million. I can't see how he doesn't start if they pay 70 million for him to go there. I mean... It's PSG, like they could definitely not start. They could definitely do that. They have a goalkeeper that they paid quite a bit for. Yeah, but Trinjar at PSG, that could be a really good card, especially considering I already have a Donnarumma. I think I would definitely go buy Neymar in that situation, and I probably would no longer exist in the uh, parameters of an Inter Milan stack. I would now have a PSG stack. But I think that could, like, Trinjar could be really, really good at PSG, I think. I agree. I like Screenyard. I've always been a Screenyard homer. He's only 27. Yeah, it's pretty. Actually, good. I think he's 26. No, he's 27. But he, I, I really like Screenyard. He's just someone I think is actually really good. The issue is he just looks weird. Like he looks weird. So like I think that like knocks him because people just knocks him a little bit. That looks funky. Not fair. Not fair. Uh, all right. On that note, thank you to everybody who has joined us live. Actually, looks like we had more people today than maybe we've ever had. So. With all of you watching right now, if you could just hit the like button below, that would uh, be very appreciated. As always, um, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, please do as well. Anybody listening to the audio version, uh, hopefully we were able to explain enough of what was on the screen that um, you followed along well. Those of you who listen on Spotify, there's video available on there. It's one of those things I probably should have said at the beginning. So anytime you like hear something, you're like, I wonder what they're looking at on Spotify, you can actually just... uh, pull your phone up and look. So uh, thank you again. Um, I'll be back next week, early next week with uh, with Andy for Sawyer Andrews. Sean's off next week. So we're looking for somebody who wants to f- jump in. Um, Sean, I put this on Andy last time. Who should fill your spot next week? 
I don't know. You, you usually get Quinny. You just do Quinny. You, you should get Harry. Harry hasn't been on one. Uh, Harry was on with me and Andy. Thank you for, thank you for watching. And yeah, uh, I mean, he should be on like the the, the strategy session. Although yes. I sometimes Harry does some baffling stuff. So you can ask him. Like he messaged me last night. And he like is playing a dude who might not even play in his like most important lineup. I'm like, why are you doing that? No, perfect for the strategy show then. But anyway, but thank you. Yeah, so, so Mike said, so we can talk about that real quick. I only said one more on today and it was directed towards you. Mm. So like, I mean, we don't have to worry about anything, but so for- I believe our, I weaseled myself out of that one too. No, no, I don't. <laughs> but yeah, so with with that uh, with that in mind, uh, Laird was, we've been talking about calling people morons and I I'm, I, I have a, a act to do sometime whenever someone complains about me using moron too much, the, the Laird knows and, and I'll have to do it one time on the show and, and Laird can, can agree. It would be hilarious to see. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. <laughs> anyway, thank you everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs>